Welcome to my Daily Dispatch. This is Brad Inman. I had an interesting experience this morning. For the first time in my life, I paid money to Walmart. This is not because I'm an elitist. This is because back in the day, my father was a small town retailer and Walmart came into town and the whole Southern Illinois area and wiped out all the retailers. So I've been holding on to this kind of loyalty to my dad, bitterness towards Walmart all of these years. And in these times, we have to give up on some of that. And so I finally decided that I needed Walmart and Walmart came through. They delivered the groceries I ordered on time, keeping me safe and followed all the rules of distancing and protection. So yes, indeed, these are the times where we give up on some of those past resentments and move forward. Today, I'm real excited to have with me consultant, writer, and blogger, Rob Hahn, someone that many of us disagree with at times, but certainly all of us respect his mind and his insight into our industry. Welcome, Rob. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for having me and uh, hope you are safe and sound, uh, especially with the delivery from Walmart. That's actually a great story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm isolated. I assume you are and you are in Absolutely. Vegas. Is that right? I am now in lovely Las Vegas. Oh, fantastic. And you moved there a few months ago, a year ago. When did that happen? Yeah, like almost a year. I think it was like June, July of last year, which oh, okay. uh, seems like a totally different era, actually, right oh. now. Oh my God. And, and the strip is shut down and the casinos are shut down. Is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh it's, it's, yeah. It's Sad. not good. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's really a tough time, huh, Rob, to watch all this happening? It is. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I think so far I'm, I'm a mix of optimism and, you know, positivity as well as, uh, you know, uh, concern and worry because fact is we are, we, we are making some major progress, right? You know, things like um, the FDA just, I think I read this the other night that the FDA did a approval of a new drug that's maybe going to be effective, right? And that happened very quickly. You know, we hear about all these companies like uh, I think General Electric, um, there's the MyPillow guy who are just turning, you know, all their manufacturing capacity to producing things like masks and ventilators. And so, you know, there's a part of me that feels like, you know, this is a major challenge, but I have a feeling we're going to rise to it. Yeah, it's, it's funny. We're cutting through some of the irrelevant bureaucracy. Of course, yeah. some of it is there to protect us, but some of it got carried away and the, yeah. the edicts and the rules that were promulgated after maybe well-intended legislation. And yeah. boy, do we ever see that, right, Rob? In real estate now, we're finally seeing all this stuff happening that yeah. I know you and I and others advocated for for so long to make the transaction more efficient and yeah you know whether it be well all the stuff that we're seeing which is great news right yeah no i thought about your, your the latte vision that you laid out so many years ago right and it's like all of a sudden it takes something like this for the banks and the you know the the government to kind of come around to things like digital signatures you know so maybe some good is going to come out of this hopefully you know this whole whole situation is just going to be short you know, that's, that's, I think that's the only thing we can hope for because it is painful. So hopefully it's short. Yeah, there you go. I think that's what we have to hope for. Um, that's right. And uh, let's jump into something you've written about. I want to use this to focus, you know, in the whole industry, but particularly right. what I, we call broker owners, um, right. not individual agents as much, even though we care dearly about you all, but the small, medium, the big brokers, the franchise brokers, 
and how they're likely to fare. And you just wrote a really compelling, scary piece. Right. Uh, kind of using the medical analogy of triage uh, on brokers. And, you know, you laid out a, um, a scenario here that's a little scary, but I think in this, you and I can have a conversation about, okay, this is how it might be, but this is also how you can survive. Right. First, if, for the audience here, if you would, if you would uh, lay out the, uh, the thesis you had about sure. comparing this to triage. Sure. I mean, so I wrote this post, I want to say like a week or two ago <clears throat> at the, you know, sort of the start of the lockdowns. And so it still holds true now, right, Rob? I think it still later. holds true. Because yeah. my, my thinking changes every day. So yeah, like, look, I mean, I'm, I'm sincerely hoping that this, this post is completely invalid by like Friday, you know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Somebody will have announced a cure or a vaccine and, you know, um, but you know, when I like the, the premise behind it is <clears throat> my day job, you know, I know most people know me as a blogger and speaker, but my day job, what I actually do for a living is I do strategy consulting and a number of my clients have been brokerages, large and small. Um, and when this thing happened and a lot of my travel got canceled, a lot of the things changed. I just went and said, Hey, look, if you want some, if you want someone to kind of do some free strategy consulting, I'd be happy to help cause I have some time on my hands. So long story short, I, I've looked at a lot of brokerage financials over the years and I've looked at some new ones as well. And, you know, and uh, it depends on who you're talking about. But my biggest concern was that a lot of brokerages, and again, I only talk about brokerages because I'm not an agent. I've never been an agent. I've never walked the walk, right? So I don't presume to tell agents how to run their business, but a, a brokerage is a business and that's what I do. So my concern was that uh, they, they're going to have to make some really tough decisions. And that early in the crisis, I felt like a lot of folks were not even thinking about it because nobody wants to think about triage. Nobody wants to think about what painful cuts do I make? You know, nobody wants to think about those things. So I wrote that post. Now, Rob, you, you also contend and contend, I think. Yeah. A lot of these problems, we probably needed to exercise some triage before Corona because yes. many brokers were just hanging on. And what has been a pretty good housing market for years. Yeah. Is that, is that correct? Is that how that you, is absolutely you correct? That's absolutely okay. correct. Yeah. So let's go through the triage. Who's in which of the buckets? Who are we going to save? Who are we going to let die? And who, correct. Who, who's going to live without any effort? So this is, this is something, and I, again, I've been researching, you know, a lot of this in the recent weeks. And here's kind of what's emerging. There are companies and, you know, especially agent teams that are extremely well capitalized. And some of the brokers have been operated, you know, really smartly, you know, uh, during the good times. So they've got six months of cash reserves. And I want to point something out here, right? Because um, I've had to make this point over and over. What we're dealing with is not a housing crisis, right? This isn't 2008. You know, this isn't, you know, a bunch of ninja loans. This isn't a bunch of bad lending. And, you know, somehow uh, the market, like the economy's turned and now housing is overvalued. That's not what this is. This is, as far as I can tell, and talking to a lot of agents and brokers over the last couple of weeks, we've been having probably the hottest Q1, I think, in history. Uh, a number of folks have told me like they're having record quarters. January and February were super hot. First half of March was super hot. So, you know, but, interest rates but Rob, are low. I don't, I don't, Rob, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it, no. isn't it also true? Of course, that's the way January and February and early March were. Right. And Q1 may in fact come in good only because they were so strong. Right. And even though housing's not to blame, 
like the Great Recession for this economic dilemma that we're slowly or quickly getting into. Right. The fact of the matter is the housing market, if not frozen today, over the next month or two, is going to be frozen. Yes. Yes. And so yes. it is going to become a housing problem, whoever's to blame. That's it, it will be. Then the issue is going to be how long? In other words, if this is just a, you know, pandemic induced lockdown situation and it, you know, it's short, let, let's say things get lifted at the end of April, by July, we could be seeing a lot of that demand come roaring right back. Right. Yeah. That's the point. The point is you just need to make it through the next few months. Yeah. So okay. someone that back to your point, it was a good one. If you like maybe have a credit line you can tap or if yep. you have cash in the bank and you don't have a lot of debt and you manage your expenses, that's the group that'll be fine. And if they come out the other end, which we'll talk about in a minute, yep. uh, they could thrive. So they're, they're, they're in a position to survive and then they could thrive. Let's go to the next group. The, the, what do you right. want to go the middle group or the, 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 the sad group? Let, let's go to the bottom group first, because okay. there are some brokerages who have, you know, as, as few as like two weeks of operating expenses in cash. Okay. And, you know, they're, they've been doing fine because they've had revenue. So they have cash flow, they have money coming in. And you look at their balance sheets and they have things like commissions owed, right? Or, you know, what's in the pipeline. And problem is what's in the pipeline, you can't pay your landlord with that. You can't, you can't pay your bills with what's in the pipeline. You can only pay expenses with cash. And a lot of brokers, I have to tell you, and, and obviously no one's really done a survey. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, it might be interesting to get someone like uh, Steve Murray on the phone because I know he's been doing this work for you know decades, just yeah, to find out like, how much cash do brokerages have. So the bottom group to me are folks who, for whatever reason, just don't have a lot of cash. Right? But let, me, let, let, me, let me get a hopeful note for these people because sure. I think I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think you say your, your next sentence is going to be these people are going to go under. But before you go to that, uh, let's, let's look at this. They're, they don't have to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. They can they can get an SBA loan. Yep. They they can go back the small ones to the point where they started, which is them, kind of a small team and one agent, two agents, three agents. They can still have their 30, 40 agents if they're small. Yep. They can they can do all the work themselves instead of having a gaggle of admins. Mm -hmm. They can walk away, I don't know how easily, but they can probably walk away from their office space. They're already right. learning to work from home. And they're going to get some other benefits here uh, for sure. Right. They can, you know, I think back to starting a company. I started so many of them. You start out with, you know, help from family and friends and you, and I'm not sure our family and friends have any money, but there is even a scenario where the weakest can survive, right? I, there's always a scenario where anyone can survive. So, yeah, I think... I think, you know, the, the important thing to take away from this painful conversation is, yeah, there's always a way to survive. The issue is going to be if you're not thinking about it, then, yeah, by the time it comes upon you, it might be too late. Yeah, when I wrote this, the whole idea is triage, because the obvious thing to do is to cut all the frivolous stuff. Right. So, you know, if you've been paying for things like agent parties, like maybe you're not doing that anymore. You know, if you're paying for whatever, I, you know, those are easy to cut. The idea behind triage is you have to make decisions that are incredibly difficult and you have to make very painful decisions. Things like laying off staff is not like, that's a really big deal, you know, but to your point, some of these, well, spe especially a really big deal now, Yeah, because you're not just laying someone off, you're laying someone off that all also faces 
um, a, a pandemic. So That's right. it's, you know, even in good times, laying people right. off, but in bad times, there aren't a lot of jobs. Clearly there's not a lot of jobs now. That's and right. on top of that, you know, who knows what's going on with the family's right. health. But should we go to the broad middle or do you want to talk more about how to, uh, the, the people at the lower end here that are suffering the most. No, I mean, and, I think. And, and I, what do you think the percentages are? I'm just curious. Oh, we don't have Steve Murray. He could probably yeah. tell us. That's a great idea. Yeah. But do you think it's a third to third to third, like a, a triage ER unit? or is No, it no. Unfortunately, I don't think there's a huge broad middle. I think we're looking at something very similar to, you know, the 80-20 rule. I think roughly 20% of brokerages and teams are, are likely very healthy uh, or, and they'll make it through this, especially with some of the programs and, you know, government assistance that's out there. Um, I, I think 80% are, are going to be in varying degrees of trouble. And then the issue is how many of them just won't make it through the next three to four months, right? Yeah, gotcha. Now, let's talk about whether it's the lower end or the middle. And then you do have, you know, the, the survival of the fittest, these people right. on the top that may be okay. Right. Are you thinking right now, we'll see consolidation and is that a strategy so i'm sucking wind i'm in trouble i either yep. go to my franchise and you know beg ryan schneider or adam contos or other to give me relief and i think they are trying yeah um or i go to my competitor across the street and say let's let's line up yep do i get the a bigger dog in seattle you know those two with the big market share john Scott, Seth yep. windermere to buy me um and is, is that a pipe dream? Um, I don't know. But anyway, go tell me no. how that might work. No, I don't think it's a pipe dream. And I think I'd be, I'd be shocked if Realogy, Remax, you know, home services, like all the bigger companies, the national, if they're not already having those conversations and they're not already thinking about doing that, right? Um, right. In terms of the sale though, the issue is those big brokers, they know what the situation is. So fact is, if you thought you were going to get one price before this web happened, you're, you're, you know, it's going to be a fire sale, right? And I talked to one broker recently uh, about this situation and he meaning, said- he, me, It's not only a fire sale, you're probably, and this happened before, I know there are a lot of LA That's what I mean, 2008, so, right? Yeah. This happened. But, but, yeah, but even I think more recently with some of the Compass acquisitions, we heard through the grapevine that these companies were being sold for nothing. It was basically mm -hmm. it gave the broker owner a way to walk away from contingent liability and uh, making no money. Um, that's right. So now I can even imagine how crazy it might be. Oh, that's right. So, so I think it's definitely going to happen. Um, but one of the th one of the things that I do think some of the more independent brokerages, because look, there's a reason why they're not already part of another large brokerage, right? You know, culture is really important. You know, all of those things are important. Something they might want to really start thinking about is getting together with other independents and look at maybe joint forces. Because like I said, this is not a housing problem. It's a cash flow problem. And it's a cash crunch for short term. Yeah. If you combine three independent brokerages and of, of course you have to do triage and, and make those painful cuts. But if that combination has enough cash to make it through the four, six months or whatever, then that's something to look at. Yeah, and you and I talked about this the other day, and the only comment I made, I, was, I had home gain during the dot-com crash, and we were lucky we'd raised a lot of money, so we got it yeah. through very, very well. Yeah. But I remember that startup after startup after startup would come to us yep. and say, let's merge, let's pull. You know, the problem is if two companies losing money, um, two companies, you know, if one has cash, then one can acquire the other. And uh, 
but it's a little trickier for like two startups to merge that neither are making money. You don't really get any, you get synergy maybe in cutting costs, but um, there's not, anyway, the benefits aren't as clear, but I I get your point. So, so that, that is one strategy. Find someone across the street down, you know, across town to, to merge with, get some synergy and cost, try to leverage whatever resources you have. Uh, the other one is to get a big bear to buy you. Right. Let me ask you about that. You're a smart guy. I don't see Reels you with its death making any acquisitions. No. I don't. I don't see. I haven't heard boo out of Berkshire Hathaway. Um, you know, there's always been this notion that Warren Buffett would come in and buy up the industry, and he <laughs> he supported you know Ron and his efforts to expand, but it hasn't been like an explosive expansion. Compass, you know, I don't know how much money they have left, but mm-hmm. they seem to be off the acquisition. Who the heck, who, even the big bears, who are, who right now with the crisis they're all facing, who is even in a position to acquire them? Right. I, and here's the thing. I actually think the answer to that depends on the fire sale price. Meaning you're right. You know, a month ago, Realogy, you know, is probably not a, a good candidate for going out and doing a bunch of, bunch of acquisitions. But if brokers are selling for 20 cents in the dollar, they might get back into it and they do have cash. Uh, you know, they, they tapped a credit line. I think they have over 450 million in cash right now. You know, if you're able to pick up brokerages for super cheap and you think that this is a four month problem, that might not be a bad idea. Yeah. So, you know, I, I could see EXP going and doing a bunch of stuff. I could see like all the public companies, we know have plenty of cash, right? Yeah. And we expect that the home services, the, you know, Keller Williams, they're, they're, they're going to have plenty of cash. And fact is, there are some of the, some of the brokers and agents, like I said, 20% are in really strong position. I think those guys could pick up a lot of, a lot of market share, a lot of business, but the whole issue is going to come down to how cheap, right? Yeah, that, and, that's and, how, and how temporary or right. semi-permanent this right. whole economic collapse following the corona Right. wave that comes through uh, last right. let's just go through for fun here um i'll call it my name singers i'm just going to list some companies and yeah try just in a word or two don't over talk it but let's i just you have an interesting perspective on all these things uh, sure. and let's let's you know see what's the context here how is redfin gonna fare into the future around the bend when we get you know across the the line here from bad to better Redfin. Uh, I think they grow mightily. Acquisition uh, partner potentially to buy your company or you think they won't go there? No, I don't think they're going to go there. I, I just think they're going to, you know, just explosively grow their market share. Zillow. Uh, dominates the industry after this done. And because? Because the, they have two and a half billion in cash. Uh, their iBuyer model is going to be extremely popular to consumers. And, uh, you know they're they're they yeah they're they're going to be coming back super strong, but they also just borrowed a billion bucks in January. Uh, I, I think those guys have essentially unlimited capital to tap if they yeah. had to. Yeah, uh, Realtor.com. Unclear. Um, I think they're going to be okay, um, but you know they're owned by News Corp, so they're a subsidiary. I think they come back strong. I think they probably have enough cash to make it through this. And once you're through on the other side, everything is golden. You know, the interesting thing is, and, and knock on wood for Inman, we're very lucky. Mm-hmm. Media companies are doing very well right now. Um, sure. And I assume that uh, Uber Murdoch is doing quite well. Sure. So it'd be interesting to watch uh, that one. Okay, 
National Association of Realtors? I think they come out stronger because uh, they've done some real work on the uh, legislative and lobbying front. And I think a lot of folks have come to realize, you know, that's really where the value is. Remax? I think Remax comes out stronger because they'll survive this. And a lot of the smaller franchising companies may not. Keller Williams. Uh, same, exactly the same. They're really showing leadership right now. And, mm -hmm. and I think, as well as Realogy is too. Realogy, mm -hmm. you kind of addressed them already. So they're okay, you think? Or that yeah. debt isn't going to be a stranglehold? I, I think Realogy would be fine. I think, you know, they're making some serious cuts. They've already taken a lot of action. They have, you know, they tapped their credit line. I think they have enough cash. So I think they'll make it fine. EXP, you already mentioned them. You think they'll be okay? They're already I, not only are they, I think EXP is not only going to be okay. I think they're one of the big growth stories at the second half of this year. Yeah. And Compass. Her, Compass, her, same her. thing. I, you know, people are poo-pooing them because of WeWork. I'm like, last I heard, you know, they raised, what, $1.4 billion? Um, I, I think Compass makes, it, makes through this, and I think they start growing again. Well, let me throw in Inman News. Will it be okay, Rob? I hope. I think Inman News can be <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay. What are you going to say? Oh, that's good. And uh, Upstream, or is it already dead? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a good question. I, I, you know, that would actually be something. You know, and let me, I, I know you wanted just a word or two. One thing no. to think about, and I just posted this. There are a lot of tech vendors that are going to be under enormous pressure. Yeah. And upstream might be one of them because I don't know how proven in the market they are. And I'm telling you, everyone I've spoken to, the first thing that gets cut is like a, you know, sort of a speculative tech, you know, yeah. things that they might've bought said, Hey, let's give it a shot and see if this helps. All of those are getting absolutely cut. So we don't, I, I actually think there's a, there's a uh, tsunami coming for the tech vendor uh, vendors in our space. And we just haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. Well, when their revenue gets squeezed by realtors who can't pay, you know, exactly. I've, I've always said the back of this whole innovation cycle, um, Zillow, everybody, the tech vendors, everybody, as always in the history of real estate, has been the individual agent. And when their pocketbook is zero, um, they're not going to be able to subsidize this huge infrastructure that mm -hmm. is there to support and help them, but also is very expensive. Um, yeah, this is good stuff. You know, I, I was going to write a post saying, uh, what are some of the pre-corona relics? You know, mm -hmm. I think pa paper is number one. <laughs> Two could be upstream. Three could be coming soon. I mean, will, we, will this somehow wipe out coming soon? I doubt it. That's a marketing gimmick. But um, it'd be interesting to see what um, post-corona survives mm -hmm. from the old days. Um, right. Hey, Rob, you were excellent. We could go on for an hour, and I wish... Um, we could do that. Would you promise to come back and talk to me again if I keep the daily dispatch going? Absolutely. Happy to. Like I said, my, my main thing is I don't want people to get depressed. And I know a lot of the stuff that I write and talk about is depressing, you know, but it's, I'm just no, calling I think, out what I'm seeing, you know, and no, I'm you, not you do all the time, Rob. And that's why we all tune into what you have to say. And actually, I think this conversation showed that, um, you're realistic and you, you tell the truth as you see it, but right. you don't leave us, you know, like it's the end of the world. Right. Um, gang, I'm so, I'm so happy. I, I had an opportunity to share Rob Hahn. He's uh, been part of the Inman community for many, many years. I remember the first time I had a truly engaging conversation was in a small cafe in East Village with some friends. And I didn't yeah. know that much about Rob. And 
Rob uh, said some things and I go, wow, this guy, he's, he's a character and I like it. <laughs> so thanks for being with us, Rob. And uh, to the Inman readers and listeners out there, I love you to death. And uh, this is Brad Inman. Uh, check it out. <laughs>